Welcome to the JM Sports and Wrestling Podcast, a podcast where you hear the latest in wrestling and sports news. Each week, I'll explore topics within the sports community and give my commentary, sometimes up to the second, about that topic. I am your host, James, the owner of the New Blood Wrestling Facebook group. If it's your first time listening to the JM Sports and Wrestling Podcast here on Anchor, I want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in. If you love the show, don't forget to hit the star at the bottom of your screen to favorite the channel. This will let you know when I release a new episode each week. Yo, welcome to the JM Sports and Wrestling Podcast, where you will hear the latest in wrestling and sports. Nothing here is off limits, so let's get started. I am back this week with my boy, Rodarius. Rodarius, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, James? What's going on, bro? Ah, man, just watched the slate of football games over the weekend. Gotta say, man, I'm the Eagles. Man, there's something about about <clears throat> being led by Nick Foles. I, I mean, that Bears kicker made that field goal until that timeout came in at the end. Yeah, I well, I was at work, but a coworker told me about that, and I, uh, in a way, I'm kind of stunned, man, because I'm like, you know, you had the game one and you missed the field goal, and you know, I just keep thinking about what we talked about a few weeks ago, how. You know, and uh, how the Eagles could possibly make another run with Nick Foles as quarterback. And me and a coworker were definitely talking about that. Like, uh, if the Eagles do, for some reason, go on that run, Nick should definitely be uh, the quarterback, hands down. He should be the starter, hands down. Yeah, and see, that's always been my stance. But I've also heard a few responses on the other side of it, like Carson Wentz, you know, the last two years – has gone down with injury. You know, obviously yeah. the ACL and MCL tear, you know, back in 2018 and then, or, and then this year. Or I'm sorry, 2017 and then this year. So he's never really had a true chance to finish the run. But you know what they say. Things happen for a reason. And if he pulls, and if he pulls this off again, I mean, are you really going to honestly ignore what's right there? Look, did Nick Foles play his best game tonight? Absolutely not. But did he pull it off when he needed to? That fourth down and goal and got that touchdown when they needed it? Yes. And it's it's sometimes they say it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And you know what? He struggled tonight, but he got the W. And now they go yes. into what, New Orleans? Is that who they're going yes. into? Yeah, they play New Orleans because Dallas has to play the Rams. Oh, man, you know what? I – honestly thought the Seahawks would end Dallas last night and you know what didn't happen you know what Seattle you know that's another game I didn't watch because I was out and about but I kept up with the game off and on and I I wouldn't have been surprised had Seattle came back and won but I picked Dallas to win anyway yeah but it's just like you know like Dak, for example, Dak Prescott, he shows up when he needs when he needs to. Ezekiel Elliott, he shows up when he needs to. That defense, you know, the offensive line, Dallas as a whole, you know, we can say, oh, you know, they haven't won Super Bowl in so long. You know, they're quote unquote America's team, whatever. But Dallas, you know, they kept their focus and they they played hard, even though they barely won. They kept their poise, they kept their focus, and they said, you know what, everybody constantly talks about us and this, that, and the third, but we we are we are aiming to prove people wrong, and they did that, and I got to commend Dallas for that. You know, that's fair, and, you know, I think a lot of it yesterday, that freakish injury, I, I was watching the game when it happened. Oh, my God. The way he snapped his ankle and fractured his knee, I think that played a lot into Dallas keeping their focus. Knowing, yeah, that, you know what I'm saying? It's you, this guy. I don't think, see, I think he came from Jacksonville, but I can't, yeah, remember. I heard about that. And uh, so to have that happen, you know, for him, felt bad for him. I mean, I'm not a Cowboys fan by any means, but you know, there's a couple guys on that team that I like. You know, there's a guy out of Boise State who plays the linebacker position. That boy's a beast, yeah. Vaughn, oh, I can never pronounce his last name right. And then what, got, oh, what number is he again? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I've heard a lot about him. Didn't is 
I think he made the Pro Bowl this year. He did over 140 tackles. And, you know, he filled in for Sean Lee, who Sean Lee, when healthy, used to be considered one of the best linebackers, definitely in the NFC. Yeah. But, but I think this guy has taken his spot and taken over. And uh, I don't know, that Cowboys defense is better than, you know, than in years past. And they have Demarcus Lawrence coming off the end. He's going to pressure you. He's out of Boise State as well. I mean, man, that Dallas defense is scary. And if Drew Brees and those boys aren't careful, you know, that extra week off, like we talked about, you know, before, is not always a blessing. Uh Uh-uh. Because, you know, these wild card teams have to go into it playing week. You know, they don't get the week off. Week after week after week. And it continuously keeps you in a rhythm where if you have that week off, right, it's not – necessarily going to be you're going to stay in rhythm yeah um yeah i mean i don't know what was your favorite game of the weekend i gotta say mine was the colts and the texans the colts went in there and punched houston right in the mouth man um i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to the guy who got injured uh from dallas one of my buddies showed me the video and like you said and i feel the same way like you know, you don't want to see nobody get hurt. And it's like, I feel bad for him. And it reminds me of when Alex Smith tore his leg up this year. That's right. I can just imagine how the rehab is going to be. You know, yeah. I hope they both get through their rehabs. But it was just nasty the way he let, the way he turned yep. and his ankle twisted and everything. But it's just like, man, that really sucked. It did. But let, going, let, me, let me tell you if you knew this or not. So Alex Smith's injury when that happened was on the anniversary of Joe Theismann having the same exact injury on the same home field on the same exact day. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you believe that? That's scary. A little bit. And when I read that, I was like, no, someone's just making that up. So I went and did research on it. And it, and when I saw, you know, I looked back on the video there of when Theismann injured his you know injured his knee and i was like oh my god that is so scary it's like oh it's i i was just shocked i was like i could not believe that yeah that that's scary like that's crazy and 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 then let me jump ahead real quick before we go back um me and gene oakland passed away but he wasn't the only one who passed away at the same age there were two other guys who died the same day who died at the age of 76. The same yeah, age uh, and the same day. It was Gene Oakland and um, Bob Eisman. Yep, and there was one other person. And uh, he, and, uh, you know what? One was in a famous group. Oh, I should have probably did better looking into that because I didn't think I was going to bring up that until we talked about Alex Smith. But they all died at 76, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, wow. Isn't that something? That's true. That's truly scary. That now that that's really scary. They yeah. all die at the same age. Yeah, and, and and on the same day. And it's not really the same day thing that it's the scary part. It's like you just said, they all die at the you know, same age. It's yeah, like, it's like wow, that's crazy. It is. But, but but before we get back to football, let's you know I, I brought this up. Me and Gene, man, he was everyone's childhood, you know, childhood, you know, reporter backstage. Yeah, he was, uh, he was always one of my favorites. Like, you know, there will never be another mean Gene Oakland. No. Like, I mean, we were talking about that, like, um, like when I was doing the three count stuff with my buddies, we were talking about that on, uh, on our show three count, like, He's been around for like years. He's been in every promotion, the AWA, WWE, WCW. Yep. I mean, countless interviews with Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. I mean, I can remember like just the other day, I was watching a video on YouTube of like um it was Bash at the Beach ninety six when, when Hogan was turn heel. Yep. Yeah, when he revealed himself as the third man and just the way that like James, that atmosphere that night. Oh my I, god! I mean, all that trash in the ring, and the fact that he had to come out there 
crowd going crazy, kids crying. Oh my god! Like that's one of the class. That's one of the most classic moments in like the cream of the crop promo by Macho Man. Now that is that is legendary. That is so legendary. You know, if you've ever watched the Monday Night Wars on the WWE Network, I can recall Hogan saying when he was walking out that night, walking down to the ring when he was, you know, when it made it look like he was going to save Macho Man. Yeah. And he was thinking to himself, oh, my God, are we going to get out of here alive? How much yeah. crap, how much crap is people going to throw at us? I could only imagine Mean Gene. I mean, you would have had to have believed that he knew somewhere in the back of his mind if he was one of the guys that knew about it. And that's one of the things that I like, because they've always said only a handful of people knew Hogan yeah. was the third man. I've always wondered if Mean Gene knew. And if he didn't, then that made his reaction so much better because he didn't know. Yeah. And then it's um, even talked about it on the uh, WCW DVD they did. He said said they were in a meeting and he and Eric Bischoff were talking like, what can we do to, you know, shock the world? Like, what can we do? And Bischoff told him, he said, why don't you be the third man? Now, I found that to be so crazy, like how they planned this all up. You know, when Hall and Nash were coming in and, you know, they were so-called doing, quote-unquote, the invasion, you yeah. know, yeah. if they were still working for the WWF. That's right. Even though their contracts had, like, literally ran out. Like, they played that smart. And yeah. then, I mean, the fact that, Hogan went out there and just dropped that leg. And then the the commentary, you know, Bobby Heenan saying Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. And in the end, Tony Schiavone's like, well, Hulk Hogan, you can go straight to hell. Yeah. That moment, that moment right there, even with Mean Gene having to interview Hulk Hogan afterwards, all that debris, all that trash, that moment is one of the all-time great moments. Even though it's one of the most overrated moments, it's still one of the most classic moments in all of wrestling. Oh, agreed. And you know what? That's what wrestling is missing today. And that's the genuine, you know, the genuine reactions of not only just the crowd itself. You remember when The Undertaker threw Mick Foley off the Hell in the Cell? JR and King had no idea that was planned. None. They claimed that they never knew that that spot was supposed to happen. That there was only a handful of people who knew yeah. about Foley wanting to start up there on the cage and then Undertaker throwing them off. It's things like that. Everyone thinks we need to do a major overhaul to the company, you know, and, and to wrestling itself. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think it's one of those things where you can just make some moderate tweaks and I think you could get crowded, you know, the crowd interested again. And I think one of those things that you need to do is start bringing up more legitimate reaction moments no matter what yeah. that is whether it's um you know kenya the rumor of kenny omega joining wwe i don't think that'll be as you know strong i mean people will love it but you need something that the fans can't be like oh i knew this was gonna happen you know what I mean? yeah and i saw where he's told tokyo sports he plans on leaving yeah. New Japan, like, following his yeah. contract when it inspired. But, like, you know, going to that, for example, it's just like, you know, with social media and, you know, spoilers and stuff like that, it's kind of taken away from what, like, what we want to know because it's just, like, right there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If that makes sense, it's yeah. like, you know, we got all this technology and it's just like, you know, back in the day, technology wasn't as advanced as it is That's today. Right. And it's like it's just like back in the day. It's like you hear rumors about such and such going to ECW or the WWF, and you didn't have to get on Facebook or Twitter back then because it wasn't around. And like people tweeting about it and stuff like that, you constantly had to hear people talking, yeah. and you had magazines and stuff like that. And it's now just like you know you pop on social media, so and so is tweeting about Kenny Omega, or so and so is tweeting about AJ Styles, or you know, it's easy to know because of the way technology has advanced and progressed over the years. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like, 
it's kind of like rumors and stuff and like news of that sort don't really matter anymore. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's just one of those. And again, you know, the key word being in that is rumors. You know, yeah, he could be reading that and that can be complete BS in the sense where they're put, like w, I've read theories where people say that WWE is putting out things on purpose to kind of you know they're almost like a misdirection type of thing to yeah. throw people off because you're absolutely right you click on it you you read it and then there's a lot of people out there who'll take it as complete fact you know and then yeah. when it doesn't happen then they get mad because they feel like they were slighted <clears throat> I'm the yeah. type of fan that wants to be surprised and it's a scary thing where I can sit there and go you know what here's what's going to happen yeah, right? and and I'm not even talking about just reading it. I'm talking about just if you're watching it on TV and you're sitting there and you're like, oh man, it's the same song and dance. This person, like mm-hmm. tonight, for example, um, they're doing the Impact, Impact Wrestling's um, Homecoming pay per view. So the so they were yeah. having Gail Kim be the special guest referee for Tessa Blanchard and Valkyrie for the women's championship. And and I knew yeah. once that match was announced with. Um, Gail Kim as a referee, I knew what was going to happen. And it, it, and it exactly happened the way I thought it would. It's just one of those things where we just need to make some tweaks. And if you do more of an honest, you know, surprising moments type of thing, I think you could turn it around. I don't think you need to go back to the Attitude Era, but you could go back. I mean, you could do a little bit of TV 14. I'm not saying you have to have women yeah. come out in bra and panties or anything like that, but you could change up the storylines, try some different things, try some fresh things. Because listen, if you don't, and AEW takes off, this generation now could have the same sort of wars that we had with WCW WWE. I want to I want to get your thought on that that uh, all elite wrestling and them announcing uh, all in two. What are your thoughts I like on that? Um, I like it because it shows that guys like Cody Rhodes can go out there and, and, uh, and make a name for himself without the WWE tag. Every, everyone yeah. always thought you – And do I believe that you should go to WWE if you're a guy who's never been there before your career is over so you can say you're on the big stage? Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. But do I believe if you're a guy who was in the WWE and who's left, do I believe you should go out there and put everything you have into making a name for yourself outside the company? Yeah. He's done exactly that. Everything he's done since he's left is turned to gold. Yeah. So and that- my thoughts are they have the backing of a, um, a Jacksonville Jaguars owner who's over – apparently who's over worth $6 billion. So, I mean, it doesn't seem like money's going to be an issue. I mean, more power to them. I mean, I hope it takes off, and I hope it doesn't become another Impact Wrestling. I hope it takes off. And I hope yeah. and I hope it gives WWE some competition. Because competition can bring out the best in you, or it can make you fold. And I think WWE, even though they'll never admit it, I think they're a little bit worried. They have to be. They they have to be because it reminds me of uh and it's on record when WCW beat WWE almost what two years in a row? Yeah, eighty two weeks or, or yeah, eighty two weeks I think, right? Was that that's the podcast with Eric Bischoff, I think it's eighty two weeks, yeah. Yeah, eighty two weeks in a row. That says a lot. Yeah. I mean when I remember when Vince McMahon announced Eric Bischoff as the general manager of Raw. He even talked about that. He said, I was this close. I was this close to putting WWE out of business. Imagine in 2019. We just started 2019. Imagine if the WWE was out of business today because of Eric Bischoff. The landscape of professional wrestling, as you know it, would be different. It would be totally different because... WWE would have been put out of business because I don't think even if W if even if WCW took out WWE, I don't think WCW would be here. There's a you part know, of there's a part actually, of me that believes that. I actually have to agree because 
you know, WCW, they would find a way to mess up that momentum. You know, WWE, you know, we talk about their product and stuff like that. WCW, I actually have to agree with you. They would find ways to mess up that momentum. And that's why they're no longer around today. On top of that, your company, you know, your cable company didn't even want, you know, didn't even want you. The only person who wanted you was the owner. So when that, you know, when the merger happened with AOL and Time Warner, you know, back in 2000, 2001, that that was pretty much the death nail. And I have a theory and it's about AEW. I haven't heard this theory from anybody else. This is something I've come up with. I'm not usually into like the conspiracy theories type thing, but in this case, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense, at least to myself. So Eric Bischoff was beat by Vince McMahon eventually. Yeah. So Eric Bischoff comes to the WWE, has his run. So Bischoff kind of hangs back afterwards, goes to TNA. That doesn't work. What if this whole entire time, what if Bischoff has wanted to get even? What a way to get even if he's one of the secret people that's working behind the scenes for AEW. Honestly, I I never thought about that because you bring up a good point. You know, Bischoff, like, you know, he talked about how he got Nitro thanks to Ted Turner due to that meeting. Yep. You know, with the, with the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars having all this money, I mean, he might have a position, you know, with so many rumors of who's going to sign and this and that. I might, I don't know. It'd be weird. Do I think it's legitimate? Do I think I'm torn because there's a part of me that it makes sense, right? How did Bischoff beat him for 82 weeks? He had a payroll. If this guy, and from what I'm reading, these contracts that they're going to offer to these people. Now, again, it's just a rumor. I don't know for sure, but it's WWE level. Yeah, I saw that. So if money is not an issue, who's the guy that came in there right off the bat and was able to take that open checkbook and go get what he needed? Eric Bischoff. Yeah. You want to make a splash. I mean, if your goal, I mean, okay, so the question would become, is there a goal? Is it just to compete with WWE or is there a goal to put them away? If it's just if it's to put them away, I could see this. I I could literally I could see it both ways. If you just want to compete and be the type of company that's like, you know what, we can have more than one, blah, blah, blah. That's all fine and good. Yeah. I I don't know, man. I'm torn. I I think it makes a lot of sense from that perspective. Um, do I think it's a legitimate possibility as of right now? I would probably have to say 30, you know, 30, 40%. Yeah. I, I saw somewhere, uh, you know, they keep talking about these rumored TV deals and very all in. And, and that's huge. That's huge. Press the being the elite uh, series on YouTube, which is somewhere. Yeah. Now, if they. Some, uh, oh, go ahead. Go for it, brother. No, no, go, oh, for no. It. go ahead. I was going to say um, either TBS or TNT is interested. Now, that had me thinking. Think about it. WCW had Saturday night on TBS. They were called the Superstation back then, right? Yeah, WCW Saturday night. Yep, TBS Superstation. Yep. WCW Nitro was on TNT. Yep. That's right. If that's true, a lot of sense. Because when Eric Bischoff was running WCW, those were the two main channels that they were on while they were competing with USA Network and the WWE back then. That makes a lot of sense to me. If they get on one of those stations... If that deal goes through, and now again, I believe AOL Time Warner is still in charge to this day. 
Yeah. So something would have had to have happened to change your mind because they didn't, they didn't want it. Yeah. Like when Bischoff purchased, you know, he had a, he had a deal set to purchase WCW back then. And he had his list of buyers, you know, of whoever he was with, you know, they made a bid. But then when they got thrown off TNT, TBS, you know, he said the ring and all that probably worth, you know, what, $20. Something would have to change. But I'm with you. If they yeah. sign on to one of these, I honestly believe the speculation of Bischoff somehow being being in there somehow will probably ramp. But I mean, who, I mean, let's see. You think right now you have USA, that's major. You got Fox, who's with WWE for the next five years. I mean, what are the other major outside of TBS that you can honestly think of in the U.S. Um, that could legitimately pick them up? I saw a rumor of CW Network, but I, I think, didn't they have wrestling on their channel at one point before? I think they had SmackDown, right? Yeah, it was UPN. Yeah. I'm talking about like when they changed to the CW network. Didn't they have some wrestling on their network? I you know, really don't remember. You know, I thought, I thought even when it changed to the CW, that SmackDown was still there. Well, I think it was. But I other than that, I can't think of any other. I can't. It's. I'll have to look into that. Um, let's see. The, the the network that used to be Spike TV before they changed their name to Paramount. Yeah, they had yeah. T, they had TNA. Yeah, and they also back in the day, I believe. No, that was TNN. Um, TNN had WWE for a few years, and I think TNN is the one that changed the Spike. I believe. Yeah, and they also had ECW, but they really didn't do nothing with that. Yeah, TNN. Yeah, no, they did not. So I mean. I mean, if we're narrowing down the choices here, ah, oh, man, could AEW be this versions of WCW? I mean, it could, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the weeks and coming months ahead. I know they signed uh, Britt Baker, Adam Cole's girlfriend. Oh, dang. She did. signed. She, I saw where it was announced that she signed this week. So she's, uh, she's, she's now part of AEW. Adam Cole's baby is now AEW. Yeah. Man, that could throw some wrenches into things. Yeah. My th- maybe one or two matches of her, and she's she's pretty decent. Oh man. Um there's a rumor of AJ Styles leaving WWE when his contract expires. I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't either. I, I mean, as much as AEW would probably be intriguing to him. I think at the end of the day, if he gets what he wants at the WWE, he's not going nowhere. He just wants a lighter work schedule like Randy's. Yeah. And AJ's, you know, 40 years old now. And I mean, why not? I mean, you he's don't want to lose a name like that. Mm-mm. He's earned Oh, absolutely. Oh, he's earned it. I mean, I could see a lot of superstars leaving. And, and it's a lot of superstars they don't utilize now. Like I yeah. could, I could see Apollo Cruz doing great things there. Uh, I could see Ty Dillinger, Mojo Rawley, even Zach Ryder. Oh, definitely Zach Ryder, because they honestly, if you look at the spectrum of Zach Ryder's career, he's had his shining moments here and there, yeah. but for the most part, they really haven't done anything with him. Which at- isn't- which doesn't make any sense because if it's entertainment and he's entertaining, I mean, his, uh, I mean, he had his YouTube show back in the day. Everyone, you know, the, or what was it? The Long Island. I Thank see. you. Yep. And I mean, they gave him, I just, I don't know. Zach Ryder to me is probably one of the most underrated superstars of all time. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I believe you're telling me The Miz is a better wrestler than Zack Ryder. The Miz has come a long way. Don't get me wrong. I have the utmost respect for The Miz and what he's done since he showed up. But you're telling me at the end of the day that Zack Ryder is not 
on that level, I think, I, I mean, I think that's asinine. I agree. Cause you know, ever since he dropped that promo on talking smack and even like, even before I found myself coming around on the Miz, yeah. like, I could not like I could not stand the Miz. I right. hated him. Yeah. Even when he was a face, even when he was a heel. Yeah. But when he cut that promo on talking smack on Daniel Bryan, I was like I, that, that was lightning in the bottle. Like I am now on the Miz bandwagon. And that's and that's what I mean like real moments like that. Right? Like that was to me it was so real. Now there's theories that it was scripted. I don't think so. I think there was a lot of truth to that rumor. And that's one of the reasons, because I agree with you, that as soon as I heard that, I was like, dang. Yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah. You know, like I knew these two, you know, had some sort of heat. I know they didn't like each other, but if this is, and I said this to myself, I'm like, if this is fake, like if this is all scripted, this is the best damn scripted thing I've ever heard. But I've always believed that it, that it wasn't scripted and that, that all of that was real. And that's what I mean. That's what we need. Oh, definitely. Because look what happened to the Miz, man. He all of a sudden, his church, you know, he just went straight up. Yeah. One of the best intercontinental champions of all time. And. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm just going to say they're wasting him in this tag team with Shane. I don't get that. But I'll oh, talk my- about that on another day. But I'm just saying I don't get that. He should have been champion. They should have struck when the iron was hot. Give him another run. You know what? Now, I agree with you. This stuff with Shane is just really just – it's really just asinine, and it's it's terrible. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Shane, but yeah, he – some things he just needs to stay out of. Like, I will say he's had some decent – moments in the ring like when he had that house at wrestlemania i thought that match was just going to be flat out terrible yeah but that match was actually good yeah age yeah aj i think that was a lot of aj's you know that was one of his best matches as far as you know leading a match and you know carrying the match shane also did some good things yeah that match was better than what it should have been absolutely yeah yeah absolutely i'll tell you this Something has to come out of this for me to be okay with the Shane Miz angle. And I'm not talking about, you know, the and everyone's going to say, yeah, it's going to lead the Miz and Shane at Mania. That's not what I want. I want something different. I want it to lead to the Miz with the backing of the McMahon power. Something like that. Oh, like, um, like the rock when he was corporate champions, the Miz, the Miz would play that perfectly. Just by you saying that, that makes me think of that. Because, like, like The Rock, like, when they did that at Survivor Series, what was that, 98? Yeah, 98. That was so brilliant. Like, no one, I don't think no one was expecting that. And I think if, if this leads to The Miz getting another title shot at the W, getting another WWE title shot, and Shane McMahon all of a sudden turns, and The Miz is like, I don't want to say corporate champion, but like their Hollywood champion. Yeah. I don't know what to call it, but that would be incredible. I would actually be on board with that. Yeah, I mean, he would play the role so perfect. There's nobody right now in WWE that I can think of that is, is as charismatic. I mean, maybe Dolph. I mean, Dolph's pretty damn charismatic. Um, but somebody who can pull that role off is definitely the Miz, there's no doubt. Oh, yeah. I mean, the type of rub it in your face, you know, I'm better than you. I mean, there's nobody I can think of that would be better for it. Yeah, that would be, that would be like off the wall incredible. Like, you know, like I said, just by you saying that makes me think of that. And that would that would be one of those original organic shock moments. Like I was not expecting that to happen. Like, what did we just see? Like, what did we just watch? That would be so brilliant. And if they would and if they play their cards right, 
this could be one of the best gimmicks, one of the best angles in like the last five years. Yeah. Oh, hands down. I mean, th- there's one other guy I could potentially see fitting that role, but he would have to be traded to SmackDown or, or, or what have you. Finn Balor. Oh, man. Finn Balor, you know what? I really hope they do like this draft, this rumored draft that they're going to do. Yeah. Because if you. They have wasted Finn Balor on Monday Night Raw, like completely. If he goes to SmackDown, another another talent or another tag team, and I keep saying this like all the time now, the revival. Yeah. You put the SmackDown, I strongly feel in my heart of hearts, they could carry that tag team division on their back. They would be like the cream of the crop of that tag team division. Oh, agreed. Could you imagine a match with them and uh, Harper and Rowan? Oh, my God. That would be incredible. I mean, that would be on the level of New Day and, uh, you know, Harper and Rowan. Yeah, or like New Day and Usos. Yeah. I mean, SmackDown's got the best, you know, far and wide, the better tag team division. Yeah. Not to say that Raw doesn't have teams on there that are good. Like, like you said, the Revival, they're a real good team. Put them on there. It just stinks that Vince McMahon doesn't see a lot in the tag team division anymore. I agree because it's like, you know, SmackDown has its it has its misses as well. Yeah. But it's just like it's just like raw. It's just like it's like what are we watching? You got AOP. I don't know if they're still doing the P jokes or whatnot. I can't take them serious. The revival, they pretty much buried them last year. I mean, if you think about Raw twenty five, they got buried. Yeah. And, and you got Rude and Gable. It's only a matter of time before Bobby Rude turns on Chad Gable. See, I would flip that. I would flip that because that's, you know, a natural thought. Like you just said, it's only a matter of time. I would turn Gable. And I would turn Gable because it would be different because no one's expecting. No one's expecting it. Everyone's expecting Root. Turn Gable. I think Gable. You know what? Now that I think about Gable some more, that storyline. Remember when they did Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle? Yeah. I think Gable would have been a better pick for that. My buddy, you say the same thing he said. He said, like, like, oh, my God, you, you're like the second or third person that said that, and I totally agree. The reason I say that is because you look at Chad Gable. Okay, Jason Jordan, he has an amateur background as well. That's right. But Chad Gable – is like the second coming of Kurt Angle. It would have fit so perfect. I agree. Like, I would have been invested in that storyline had it been Chad Gable. But it's like Jason Jordan, it's like they just gave him something to do because nobody, no, I wouldn't say nobody cared. It was just like, this storyline is is a piece of shit and we don't care. So it's just like, okay, we're just going to give you something to do just to, you know, have you on TV. But with Chad Gable, I could see that. Yeah. As as one, I would. Oh my God, yo! I would have so been invested in that storyline. It would have made perfect sense. You're like the third person to say that. I totally I agree. Mean, Jason Jordan had has good size. I mean, I get it. I mean, I mean, I understand why they went there with Jordan because you look at him. The boy's a good athlete. Like you said, he's got a good amateur yeah. background. I feel like if they would have executed that story a tad bit better, maybe more people would have been invested. But it just seemed like at the start, the story kind of fell flat. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. And I'm not saying I don't know if it's because of Jason Jordan, so to speak, or if it was what I'm thinking. It's like, well, look at Chad Gable. That boy suplexes everybody out of everywhere. The boy is strong. Yeah. Size. <sighs> yeah. Chad Gable would have been the best fit for it. And it's a shame because I feel like that story could have gone somewhere. And even if that meant reuniting, 
you know, American Alpha. Or wait, did I say that wrong? Yeah. No, it was it, yeah. Team, Even yeah. if it meant you reunite them and Kurt is their manager, I would have been okay with that. Oh, they they that would be that would incredible. The reincarnation of Team Angle. You're telling me you're telling me you couldn't get a story out of that with Kurt and Jason Jordan wouldn't have needed to be you know the quote unquote kid. You could have had Chad Gable play that role. So you could have come up with a way to get Jason Jordan on TV without necessarily putting him in that spot. You could have put Gable there and Gable would have thrived with it better. And I feel like Jordan would have thrived better not being in that spot. All they had to do was just switch, you know, switch places. I think you would have gotten something great out of it. Oh, definitely. You, I definitely agree. Because you could have seen the mature rising of, you know, of Gable working, you know, in that storyline, same with Jordan. And then after that, you know, time runs out, they both split off, you know, the crowd's cheering them or, or whatnot or what have you. And you take the time to build that up. And then you got two potential stars there. I mean, there's so many complaints. WWE doesn't make their own stars. Well, this is why. They don't take the chances that they should have. Yeah. And that's what's going to kill them if they're not careful. I mean, yeah. when Vince McMahon, you know, when he lost Hall and Nash, what happened? He had to rely on the youth. He went into a youth movement. So guys like Austin, yeah. guys like The Rock, Kane, Undertaker, all of them, what have you, you had to take a chance. I just don't understand why they're not thinking back, you know, why they're not thinking about that now. And, you know, it's, you know, going back on Chad Gable, I saw a list that What Culture put out of the 10 breakout stars for 2019. And I said to myself, I doubt it. Now, I want them to do something with Chad Gable, but I kept, I mean, wasn't they supposed to do something with him like a year and a half ago? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you got somebody who is naturally, organically talented. Like you said, this guy can suplex anybody out of their boots. And it's just like, you know, this guy is like a mini me and he's strong, like, like somebody who's like seven feet. And, you know, it, it, it's you got so much great talent on that roster, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, NXT. I think of somebody like Tyler Breeze. Yeah. To me, Tyler Breeze, he could be the next Dolph Ziggler. I was just thinking he's like Dolph Ziggler's little brother. Yeah. Yeah, he's like Dolph Ziggler's little brother. When they stand next to each other, you can't help but go, hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like Breeze could benefit from having a veteran like him. Now. Yeah, he can. And it's time for Vince to hand things over. If if Triple H can turn WWE into what NXT is when it comes to match types and stuff, that's all you need to do to change it. Yeah. You know, you don't need to necessarily bring back blood. I mean, you could in certain spots, I guess. But, I mean, if you look at all the takeovers that we've watched as of late, what is it, the one thing we take out of it? It's the storytelling behind it. You know, whether yeah. it's Gargano and Champa's series of matches or, you know, Aleister Black and, you know, Gargano, it's storytelling. We don't get a lot of good storytelling there anymore. And if you just do that, if you make those little turns and twists, you're fine. Yeah. You got to make the, I mean, the storylines in NXT are more compelling than on WWE, and that's not the way it should be. And honestly, that's, uh, that's saying a lot because like with TakeOver, and it's what everyone keeps saying, including myself, we've never seen a bad TakeOver. No. I, and it's just like, it's like, for example, um, when Aleister Black had his feud with Velveteen Dream. Oh, yeah. Like, that match was, that match was incredible. I mean, from top to bottom, like, all the TakeOver shows, like you said, it revolves around storytelling. That's what wrestling needs these days. Right. You know, yeah, you can, you can have some good female wrestling and you can do all the flippy stuff and whatnot. I think of uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Did you watch Wrestle Kingdom? I did not watch it, but I did see a lot of the highlights. And I'll tell you what, they have great storytelling there. Yes. Um, 
One one match I think is underrated is Jay White versus Okada. Yes. Uh, that's a great story because I like the video package they showed how, you know, Okada came in as this young boy, or as they call it, a young lion. Yep. And he got with Gato. Gato built him. He basically built the Rainmaker from the ground up. Yep. He became the world champion 700-plus days. Uh, then Jay White comes in. He's kind of putting some dissension in chaos. He turns on chaos, goes to Bullet Club. Meanwhile, Okada loses the world title to Kenny Omega. He's like an old shell of himself. He's trying to find himself. Then Wrestle Kingdom happens. He takes off his gear. He has the signature shorts on. The Rainmaker is back. And that match was so, that match was pretty good. I really didn't care for that match, but I like, I like the story they're telling, like how Gato turned on Okada and he's saying like, you know, Jay White is the new guy. He's like the, he's like the future New Japan. Right. I really like where they're going with that. Yeah. Or where they went with that. And see, and that's what you need now in the WWE, because I mean, do imagine i mean they sit there and they say that they're listening to their fans but they're not in the sense of if you're really listening to your fans then you need to study what the competition's doing and make twerks to it to make it your own yeah i think if they do that that's why i think if they can land kenny omega that would be i mean you have your fox deal coming up starting in october of this year if you can get kenny omega on then I really think you're going to start to see some change because I cannot see Kenny Omega coming into a product like it is now, like WWE. I I just can't see it. I don't care how much money they throw at him. Yeah. I could see, and I could see him going to AEW where it's going to be more, you know, more exciting. Yeah. And plus he has, you know, Cody, the young bucks, he's been around them for so long. It's just like, you know what they're going to do or what they're not going to do. And then you got Cody. He's doing, he's, he's got the role of executive vice president. Yep. So I feel like with him, you know, Cody and the, uh, the con guy, whatever the, the owner's name is, I feel like they'll kind of give Kenny some uh, creative control because at the same time, it's like WWE, they'll give, I feel like they'll give Kenny some control, but you know Vince is going to throw what he wants into that situation. Like, it's certain things Kenny did in New Japan that he won't be able to do in WWE. Yep, and and if I'm Kenny Omega, I'm saying this. I want creative control over my character. I believe I earned the right to have that creative control, or I'm not coming. And that's the only options WWE has. If that's all, Kenny, yep. if that's all he wants, out, you know, outside of the money he wants, I don't think money's an issue. You know, I, Kenny Omega is not going to ever make more than Brock or AJ Styles, but I could see WWE getting Kenny Omega for about two and a half million a year. I yeah. can definitely see that. But I think for Kenny, I think it comes down to creative control, and same with the Young Bucks. I mean, the Young Bucks love the fact that they can control their own. I I actually like that. I like it, you know, where, you know, you hear all these big names on the independent scene, but it's like they don't have, if you will, the shackles and chains of WWE. You know, everybody, you know, every wrestler's dream is to have a WrestleMania moment, have a WWE moment, moment. like Adam Cole, for example. Um, When he was on Edge and Christian's podcast, he said, you know, when I left Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling wanted to sign me. But no disrespect to them, I wanted to sign the WWE. I wanted to start an NXT first, and when I get called up, I want to have my WrestleMania moment. So that that was that was um, that was a real. I think I think that was a real good move on his part. Agreed. But going back to Kenny Omega, it's like it's like he and the Young Bucks. It's like they live in their own world and they have the freedom to say, you know what? 
I'm going to do these wrestling dates. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Sure, WWE has their input, but I don't have the shackles and chains of WWE to where I'm limited to uh, so much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the only way I come to WWE, if I'm Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks, is if Triple H is running things. Yeah. If Triple H is in charge, somebody with a fresh mind who obviously has taken NXT, you know, his baby, and has elevated it to levels that we didn't even imagine that they were going to elevate it to, then I would come in because I would have at least NXT to look at and go, well, damn, look at the matches that Look at the people who've come through. Samoa Joe, right? You know, Tyler Breeze, Finn Balor. Um, you would have Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Yeah, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose. You would have the respect immediately. Like you would look at you would look at NXT and go, respect. You would look at Triple H, that was his baby, and you would go, respect. I want that mind guiding me. That's how I could see that playing out. Oh, definitely. Because it's like, um, you know, even guys who didn't go through the process of NXT, AJ Styles. Yep. I'll never forget 2016 when I was watching um, the Royal Rumble. Yep. And when he came out, the, the look on Roman Reigns' face, and they showed the, the, the Titan Tron. Yep. Like I literally just lost it. It was like one of those. It was one of those moments that you'll never forget. Ten years from now, oh, when AJ, and then on top of that, he had that incredible match with Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom. He did. And then when he came in at the Royal Rumble, I was just like, "This is freaking incredible." See, this is why I'm a wrestling fan because of moments like this. And that's what we need more of. That's what we need more of. Yeah. Because if we don't get those, then it's just going to bore the product and it's going to make us gravitate away from WWE. And listen, WCW back in the day, it wasn't because those WWE fan, those WWE fans went over to WCW because they knew a lot of the WWE former WWE names were there. It's not like yeah. they went over there because they enjoyed, you know, what WCW was doing. WC, NWO put on that product. You know, NWO put on the good TV. They enjoyed watching WCW guys get their ass kicked by the former WWE. Right? And yeah. I'll give WCW props. I'll give Bischoff props. That was his baby. That was the best. I mean, the way he did that and executed it. It should have just been Hogan, Hall, Nash, maybe a couple others. Yeah, and I was just gonna I was just gonna say that like the NWO thing. It's kind of like what Bullet Club is now. Yeah. You know, you started off with Bullet Club, you know, when when Balor or Devitt was in there. Yep. The Young Bucks, Gallows and Anderson, yep. Fale. Uh, you know, a lot of people say Bullet Club is like Wolfpack 2.0 now. Yeah, exactly. And I see a lot of people. Huh? Yeah, I agree with that. That's That's a perfect analogy for that. You're absolutely right. And like, like when when Tomatonga announced Jay White as the leader, it's just like really, like honestly, imagine if Tomatonga, like he's one of the founding members of Bullet Club. Imagine if he was the leader of that group. And yeah, I mean, what's up with putting people in there that weren't an original member to begin with? Yeah, put him there. Let him recruit. Let him work from the you know he worked from the bottom and then tells the story of how he became the leader. Yeah, it's kind of like any corporation job. If you start from the bottom and then you work your way up to the top, that's a good story to tell. It is. And it's one of those stories that will never get old telling. As long as you have somebody that they're invested in in that spot, you could tell that story until the end of time. True. You know, it's like, you know, I, I kind of think of DX a little bit. You know, DX was only China, Michaels, and, and you know, in China. But then I think when Michaels had to retire the first time, Triple H took over. And then look what happened after he took over. He just steadily became bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then now, you know, when I always think of DX as Michaels' creation and Michaels' baby, but when Triple H took over, he really put put in his own imprint on it. And he really put in his own twist to it 
that you could realistically say you can honestly have the debate which DX was better. Was it Michaels' version or was it Triple H's version? I'd have to go with Triple H's version because too. when he came out the night after WrestleMania, then like when he lost the title to Austin. Yeah. I mean, like DX post Shawn Michaels, that thing just took off like a rocket. Yeah. And it, it worked. It really worked because it was like, okay, Shawn Michaels is down. Now I got to figure out, and he even said it in that promo, the ball's in my court. So it's like, what can I do to elevate this group to make it to where people still care? And that's how it was like with NWO until it started to get stale. And, you know, like DX really found that formula with Triple H as the leader. Yeah. And it worked. Like I said, it worked. And they didn't really have to add anybody else. They had the you know the New Age Outlaws and X-Pac, and that's it. China, yeah. China was already there. That's all you need. They proved you can run roughshod with, you know, let's see, two, three, four, you know, five people. Yeah. I mean, personally, for me, you know, if I were starting, you know, a faction, I would want six people. And that would be it because I would want a woman in it because – yeah, I mean, imagine the heat you get. It's what Triple H. Yeah. you know, Triple H got the heat with having China with him. So, I mean, I mean, it's the same way with the Four Horsemen back in the day. That's right. You had the same four people in the group, and that one person, JJ Dillon, to keep them together. You had Flair, yeah, Anderson, Wyndham, um, and Tully Blanchard. That's right. And and that thing. That that thing worked. Yep. I mean, like you had you had JJ Dillon as the centerpiece of that group. Yep. He kept everything together. That's why Ric Flair had the world title. That's why Tully Blanchard had the TV title. That's why uh uh Arn Anderson. And he and uh Barry Wyndham, that's why they were doing their thing. Yep. Because they learned they kept the same tutelage, they used the same tools. That got them to where they were. That's a fact. And that's Dylan. All right, before we wrap this up, this just popped into my head, and, I, and I've been thinking about it for a few days now. The biggest moment in wrestling history, there's two of them. We already talked about one. That was Hogan turning heel. The other one is the Montreal screw job. Now, let me ask you, your opinion. Out of those two, which one's the biggest to ever take place? Um... Hogan turning heel or the Montreal Screwjob? Yep. Um, Hogan, that was pretty much planned. Like, most people, like fans like ourselves, really didn't know it. But behind the scenes, that was pretty much planned. So, I'm going to go Montreal Screwjob because it was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Like, I even heard Triple H say, you know, fuck Brett. If he can't do business, we'll, we'll do, do it for him. We'll do business for him, yep. And... That's when it took off. That was one of the most iconic moments, even to this day. Like, people still talk about it, you know, to this day. Like, yep. that was a shocking moment because, like, you know, him spitting in Vince's face and him giving him the black eye, like, that was some legit stuff. Yep. You know what I'm saying? He really didn't want to drop the title nowhere else except Montreal. But, you know, the way it went down – that was that was epic. Oh no! Oh no! He would have dropped the title anywhere else, but he didn't want to drop the title. Um, oh yes, yeah, right. That's right. That's right. I'm gonna say Hogan, and it's not by a lot. And here's why: because without Hogan turning heel, without the NWO being formed, would WWE have changed? Would WCW beat him 82 weeks in a row? Um, I don't know. Now, do I think as far as legitimate heat and legitimate reaction? Oh, hands down, Montreal Screwjob. No one saw that coming. No. But you can also make a case that for us fans, we didn't see the Hogan thing coming either. I will say, sure. I will say that the Hogan thing shaped to what led up to the Montreal Screwjob. Because I don't know if WWE does this if Hogan doesn't turn heel. And I know that sounds weird, and I'll have to clarify this later on in a future podcast, but 
by a narrow margin, I'll say 51-49, probably Hogan turning heel. That's a good margin. You know, because you, could, because, say, uh, because you could make arguments that either one is the most iconic switch. I'll say uh, 60-40 Montreal Screwjob. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, there, I don't really think there's a wrong answer for it, but yeah, that's awesome, man. Dude, I appreciate you being on here again. We'll have to do this again soon sometime. Oh, no problem, man. Anytime anytime you want me on the show, man, I'm down for it. Sounds good. All right, guys, you've reached the end. I hope you guys have a great week. Me and Gene, rest in peace, buddy. We'll be watching Monday Night Raw tomorrow night for your dedication show. All right, brother, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bro. Have a good night. Right, you too. Thanks for joining me this week on the James Sports and Wrestling Podcast. If you want more content in between episodes, make sure to join the New Blood Wrestling Facebook group. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd love you to send me a shout out so we can discuss this topic further. I truly appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply just tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode. Have a great day.